season two, 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 two. Um, listen, I love that face. <laughs> there's a lot going on right now. Susanna Hunt. There's always a lot going on. And shit, before you shit, start, let, me, let us say what we're talking exactly. about. <laughs> um, your case is about what? I name my case. Heist, 1969. Okay, my case is called Three is a Crowd. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Trust me. <laughs> three is a crowd. I actually really like my case. Is it case. A, 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 like a threesome situation? You'll see. We, are no we will get there. That's why it's the echo. Oh, fuck. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, Susanna, Susanna and I... No, it's still very loud. Susanna mm-hmm. and I are recording. And for as usual, like we ain't going to bother to give you a disclaimer. But if you're new here... We have a lot of audio problems. Like, we don't know why we have audio problems, but we do. And we've done all of the things to reduce the audio issues, and yet, here we are, okay? So, you know, just ignore it, ignore it, and just enjoy the content. Um, there's a lot going on. I am actually waiting to go on a flight to Trinidad, like, today. We're leaving just now to go to the airport. Yes. We have to unpack all of these things. Pack me. It's going to be a thing, and I'm going to be late to the airport. It's very stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, and Susanna, she just survived the Rona. Tell us about it. I hate this because the one time I was consciously taking care of myself, I got this motherfucking thing. Yes, Susanna. It's been like two fucking years of the taking, pandemic. Taking vax, yeah, the vaccine, vitamins. Yes. Telling me take my vitamins. And this bitch <laughs> takes vitamins once every six months. <laughs> once every six months. Me, constant with the gym, vitamins every fucking day, more than six, more than six. Everything is right there. I did I go to the mall after New Year's? No, because I didn't want to be exposed. Did I go to the grocery store after the New Year's? No, because my week was like, be protected and away from everybody so you get to see your brother. What do I get in the middle of the week? First week of the year, coronavirus. She got it from work. 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 Um, it was running through our office like wildfire. Mm-hmm. And Susanna got it. And the reason I didn't get it is because I decided to take two extra vacation <laughs> days that I needed. And I made that decision around Christmas time. And I was just like, you know what? I don't want to go back to work on a Monday. Let me just go on a Wednesday. In that time, the shit hit the fan at the office and I was safely at home breathing the free air so then Susanna got sick and it put us back so we weren't able to record and everybody else got sick I got it the worst yeah yeah they all got it and I I didn't that's the main takeaway I I didn't (laughs) but this is what I hate when you got COVID everybody was like oh my god you're like this creature yeah 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 I was like a leper I was like a leper "Eh, eh, eh, eh." you know like because I got OG nobody. COVID and I got it back in 2020 when it was still when, when, when it was, was brand new yes okay. right now you get COVID oh you got it I got it too oh yes. <laughs> no bitch I don't feel we'll, we'll in Trinidad there's a there's a phone it's called well not a type of phone but it's like a group of phones we call me too because it's so common like because they're cheap now it's so common you're like you have that phone me, me too, too. <laughs> so whenever you go to a fet you just take your me too with you <laughs> Everybody, it's like a common term. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm gonna take my me too, and we'll go to the fet. Because if you lose your me too, you're okay. Yeah, okay. Because everybody had their phone. Me too. They should totally change coronavirus name to, to like the too. me too virus. At this point, mm. this at point, this point, the first one yeah. of the season. 
Um, the other thing in the news, in addition to Susanna surviving and fighting and COVID-19, so is mad. we had an epic snowstorm this last week. It disrespected <laughs> the whole city. It shut down everything. It, no, everybody's acting like, oh, we live in the Caribbean. This is not Canada. This is the fucking Caribbean. Like, this is the Who's first... Who's acting like they're in the Caribbean? These stupid people. Everybody you mean the ones like, outside in their shorts yeah. running? <laughs> yeah. No, not it's only that. Way. It's like, did you see this? No. Hello. It's fucking Canada. It was a real disaster. Like a real disaster. It was People a were lot of snow. It was a lot of snow. There's still a lot of bit. snow because the temperature won't go up. Actually, no. The temperature went up briefly enough to melt the ice so that it could go back down again. And all that melted ice, melted snow has turned into ice. Uh-huh. So now people are just slipping all over the place. And so it's dangerous. And um, I actually wished on Susanna that it got worse while I'm in Trinidad in the heat. I told Susanna, I said, I hope while I'm out there uh, absorbing that 30 degree temperature that it drops to like minus 40. I meant, I mean it. I totally mean it. Because I think that there's nothing better than being somewhere else and watching the shit at the fan where you just were. <laughs> You're like, shit, I could have been that. But you know what? I hear by the beach. I'm gonna block you for the next week. <laughs> you should the expect you said, should expect lots of pictures said, of me in like shorts and a dress. <laughs> like hey this bitch. Like the moment you say I rich, I come home, I'll block you. <laughs> I am blocking when you're leaving Trinidad. Oh, Lord. Fuck no. Oh, gosh. No. No. And you know what? I don't feel that bad because two weeks or a week before the New Year's, I was like, oh, what will be my resolution and why not? On you, on the day, I was like, dude, you're trying to be nice. You're trying to be nice, sir. And it's like, oh, you want to be nice? Let me try your patience. Because it's not enough that you have two kids. And like every idiot in the city was right in front of me. Right, so now you have road rage. So, fuck nice. These things happen. Fuck COVID. We, we really have leaned into a lot more of our personality in 2022. I think we've just both decided that we're only accepting greatness from ourselves and others this year. So if you're not willing to bring that, go. Okay? But in the spirit of greatness, we're expediting this episode so that I can get to the fucking airport. So Susanna, could we start with your kids? No. The hell? <laughs> Your face. And for the record, this is just one beer. We're not going to be cheek face like last episode. I never want to be drunk like that again. No. Actually, I feel like I need an Andrews. Everybody at any given time thinks, what if I rob the bank, take all the money, and just go and live the life? Leave everything behind. Husband, children, house, whatever, just wherever. No, no, no. It can't be. If you're trying to, if you're trying to steal this money and bunks, it's gonna be easier on your own. It can't be trying to take the girls with you. But you have thought about it at any given point. I, I mean, if I was like around a large sum of money, I guess the thought has drifted through my brain. Like, what would it be like to just take it and go? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What would it be like? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you don't get through. You don't go through it. Have you watched Die Hard too? I think that's the one with the gold bars. They steal that. these gold bars from the bank. Mm-hmm. They stole them from like under the bank and they stole them in dump trucks. So that way the police wasn't looking for dump trucks. They were looking for people like in an armored vehicle or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at all those gold bars and thinking I would love to just have like a cache of gold bars. What would you do? Yeah, I don't know what I would spend it on because I mean like of course that's how you get caught like it's not like you could just walk into a store without a gold bar and be like hey 
you know, people will know. <laughs> but I, and I, I wonder that about Die Hard, you know. I'm like, how are they going to trans? How are you going to change that to money? Because gold bar is not something you see every day. So it's not like it's, you could go to... Yeah, you go to the Eden Center and be like, let me pay with a gold bar. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like two gold bars to pay with. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I've thought about it, but mostly when I saw that movie, I thought about it. Okay. <laughs> you can always bullshit people being like, well, well, <laughs> money doesn't buy happiness. Yes, it does. Mm, I mean, like... It can buy. It can even buy people to pretend they're happy around you. So I feel like it, <laughs> it does. I feel like if it can, it does buy happiness. Just like everybody, Ted Conrad had a thought. Uh-huh. What if I have shitload of money? Okay. What would I do? So January 1969, mm-hmm. Ted Conrad started his job as a teller at the Society National Bank in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Just like everybody. Well, he was a teller at the bank. He was a teller. Oh, he was right there. It's not yeah, like yeah, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him. <laughs> Ted was talking to his friends, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. And then he says, um, and I quote, It'd be so easy for me to walk out with all kinds of money. Everybody looked at him said, this guy's just ranting. Right, like right. we always rant. He's just talking shit. Mm-hmm. And they continue his life. Fast forward to July 1969. So same year, mm-hmm. five months after. Ted just turned 20 years old. Oh, Ted Young. Ted's Young. Mm-hmm. And he's already a teller. But around that time, Apollo, Apollo? Oh, the, the, the space landing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Apollo 11 <laughs> was planning. Sp- I said space landing. It was a moon. <laughs> it, was, uh-huh, it was planning <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, trip the spaceship to the moon. The, the trip to the moon, yes. Okay. And on Friday, July 11, 1969, Ted walked out of his shift with his hands full of cash. Well, while well, everybody was watching TV. To be more specific, <laughs> with a paper bag full of $215,000. Oh, and that's, back then, that's money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how much is it worth right now? Yes. $1.6 million. Good job, Ted. So, Ted, you couldn't buy a house in Toronto. Ted still couldn't buy a house in Toronto. Yes. He still could not a good one. A 250 He could buy a fixer. For, no, for the one million something. In 1969. And, and for 1969, yes. he could have probably buy 10 houses in Toronto. Exactly. But now he can't for buy anything. For all we know, Ted could own Toronto. Toronto would have been Ontario and then Ted. What Ontario and Ted? Yeah. Or like I'll have like a Ted district? Yes. Okay. The province. Oh, the province. Yeah. Right. Fuck Manitoba. We have Fuck Ted. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Where are you from? I'm Tentarian. 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 Go hurt yourself. The bank did not notice the money was missing until the next business day. So on Friday, Ted. Oh, yeah, the whole weekend. He clocked <laughs> in to work. And I wanted to. Uh, are done. And I bet he leave early too. Because it's Friday. You said. Let me just take some cash. Put it in a That's not some lunch. Then that's plenty in a lunch, lunch bag. Lunch bag. Mm-hmm. Those paper bag. Yeah, yeah. And he gone. Bank is so busy. Everybody's so busy with 
Apollo and all the shit that's right. happening. So they're watching the TV. They and, don't care. And they have people visiting the banks. So and then on care. Monday, mm-hmm. when they come and check, they said, Ocean? Right. Where is the money? Yes. <laughs> and then they call the police. Mm-hmm. And the hunt begins. You know, touch stupid. I would have reported to work on accident. Oh, shit. The money, but this is 69. They don't have like good video cameras or anything operating. I would have just gone to work. Been like, oh, where's this money? And then help them look for it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what like I would have Like the drunk men looking for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have them look for it. Yeah. So police was called and the hunt ticket. A lot of detectives work on the case under the lead of John Elliott. Mm-hmm. John Elliott was known for participating in the U.S. Marshall Witness Protection Program in Northern Ohio, early 70s. Mm-hmm. And he retired in 1990. His son, Peter, took over all his cases. So from 1969 till 1990, he pursued Ted. Yes, he continued to Until he retired. Yes. And now, because he was so invested, now his His son, son Peter, took over his case. Okay, so that was a family affair trying to catch Ted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sadly, John Elliott would not leave to capture Ted Conrad as he died March 2020. Okay. Oh wow, this is fresh then. It's just... Oh shit, oh shit, okay. Uh-huh. However, Peter knew how important this case was for his father and he decided to keep it open. Mm-hmm. Right? He had a mission to catch Ted, wherever Ted is. Whatever Ted is. It's been 30 years. Where's Ted? November 2021. Oh. Peter mm-hmm. was tipped off of Theodore Conrad by the obituary <gasps> of Thomas Ramdell. What? Uh-huh. That- Remain. <laughs> this will make sense. After Peter received information that apparently Ted and Thomas were the same person, he started investigating. But who tipped him off? That doesn't know. So it might not be true. <laughs> During the investigation, mm-hmm. Peter found out Ted Conrad had a show off Daredevil personality. He was obsessed with the 1968 Steve McQueen film, The Thomas Crown Affair, mm. about a wealthy businessman who robbed a Boston bank. Mm-hmm. He was writing letters to his girlfriend after he, like, he mm-hmm. left on that Friday, showing that he made stops in Washington, D.C. and Los Angeles, like within the first week that he, he left, right? He ran with the money. And one of the letters said that he planned to come back after seven years after of limitation. But on September, September 1969, Ted Conrad was indicted in federal court on charges of embezzlement and making a false entrance in the records of the bank. What happened here? Yes, please, because I'm very confused. John. Yes. Knew Ted did it because he's the only one that missed it. Okay. Right? Yeah. When John started investigating the whole heist, uh-huh. you know what you have to say? Well, I left the whatever the cash or whatever with this amount of money mm-hmm. he put the right amount of money only he just took 250,000 with him mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. so he said this guy if this case gets cold mm-hmm. after seven years if we don't do anything right now after seven years 
he can come back and do his life and he won't do time, he won't do shit. Who decided that? John. Jo when did he say that? At the beginning of the, the investigation. Oh, well, you didn't say that. So that's I what just I just did. Oh, okay. Right? Mm -hmm. So when John did all this, mm -hmm. right, they found a recording. You remember when you said, oh, this is a recording of the, but the recordings were not that good. Oh, like they found, then. oh, so they don't have like a, they had a video recording? Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. So he, you can barely see a man. Okay. That looks like Ted mm -hmm. with back like a paper bag mm -hmm. so John made a whole case and they got him into like he was he, there was a warrant uh, for his for arrest him. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Mm -hmm. right that way he wouldn't play on the statute of limitation mm -hmm. so this is part of the findings of mm -hmm. this case right but now he dead Ted mm -hmm. okay aha uh -huh. okay because I don't understand this stupid legal shit I googled the difference between indictment and charges indictment offenses have no limitation period to when the accused is charged aside from the charge of treason you can have an indictable offense charge and laid against you anytime after the offense has occurred so you can be indicted that as many times as possible okay mm -hmm. and not like they have to catch you. yeah 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 right. now Ted couldn't come back to Cleveland because mm -hmm. you know he was telling his girlfriend hold on I have this money I just left mm -hmm. and now come back in seven years right Ted took the extra step and he lost contact with his entire family and the girlfriend I assume yes mm -hmm. um, his parents were divorced and he had three settlements who he didn't make contact at all mm -hmm. some of them finally said okay they presume him dead mm -hmm. and it's not like okay well let me turn on the location on your phone because you're going you know there's no 1969 mm -hmm. okay oh well it's this still like case, 90s early 90s mm -hmm. even if they went to the 90s yeah. this case was presented on true crime television program like america's most wanted and unsolved mysteries okay because nobody knows what that is right and there was shit lot of money till he showed up dead supposedly so what did Ted do? What happened? How did Ted became Thomas? The first week of January 1970, mm -hmm. a man walked into a Social Security Administration office in Boston, mm -hmm. asked for an identification number under the name of Thomas Randell. Mm. If you remember, the movie that he likes was... Uh, yes, yes, the uh -huh. Thomas Crown Affair. Aha. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. At the time, it was normal that you waited for your 20s and why not to get your social social number, mm -hmm. right? So this is not like, oh, you're making up another name. I'm going to get your like fingerprints and why not? This is a normal thing mm -hmm. back in the days. They didn't ask anything. And then he went on with his life now as Thomas Randell whose birthday is dated as July 10th, 1947. Mm. Exactly two years earlier to the date <laughs> of Ted Conrad's Actual birthday. <laughs> yes. I well, get that you want to make yourself younger, no. but then, like, when is your birthday? No, he just changed years, one number. He said two years earlier, so he's older. I mean, mm -hmm. older, not younger. And, oh, but, sorry, yes. But I understand, though, because me, I strip it. Like, if I fake in my my identity and I go in by, you know, Cleo, 
and one day somebody say, hey, Sean, I'll turn around and say, hey, <laughs> you know? So, or but this is fucking commitment. For my birthday, yeah, but you you know how hard it is for somebody to unlearn something they do their whole life? So, so it now, makes just, sense to me that mm-hmm. all you did was change one thing. When did I change my last When did I assume my married link, name last Techni- year? Yeah, but technically you still didn't fully do it. Some things still have yeah. your, your married yeah. name. But on. for the surgery, they were yeah. calling Susanna Henderson, and I'm like, where is this Henderson? <laughs> 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 Where is this pandas so bitch? Keep him back, everybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yet, where is this bitch? We're going to get this done. I I'm hungry. Not, I would not survive a month in witness protection with a new identity <laughs> because I would get caught. Because somebody would, and you would get caught for sure because of you course. have to tell a Bakisi Metal story. So you'll go yeah. somewhere you're supposed to be, hey, Catherine Tom. Hi, my name is Catherine. And then they'll be like, yes, this is that. And you'll be like, back in Bakisi Metal. <laughs> And then you caught. That's it. You know, we Bang. wouldn't last. We wouldn't last. We nope. would not last nope. a month. I give us nope. a month in witness protection. That's too much. Like a month with three weeks being in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> and if we had to, if we had to be in witness protection, like away from each other, we'd be sneaking to call each other. Like, hey, hey, sweet. <laughs> We get caught. We get caught. <laughs> Chanel, bitch, Barb. Oh shit! No, Catherine. Oh, Catherine. <laughs> we never remember. No. No. We'd have to walk around with like a plastic card. <laughs> like, Hi, no, what's your name? Hi, what's your name? Uh, uh, oh, it's Cleo. <laughs> Cleo. They have to put it into. Uh, oh, this is gonna. I'm gonna hide out for us in a, like a mental thing for Alzheimer's. Right, right, right. Because I'll be like Chanel. Chanel. And, they like, and then that's everybody that's like, yeah. <laughs> they don't know what they mean. <laughs> that's true. Probably Hi. that's a good place to hide. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's the ambulance. We got all three right all now. Of them. We had the door, the um, the elevator. Now here we go. The police, Toronto's finest, doing mm-hmm. something outside. Yeah. You can listen to them. Yeah, listen to them pass by. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I'm surprised we didn't hear more because, like I said, the snow really fucked up this city and. Like, I think, you know, normally I don't get a lot of condo noise. Other than ambulances, I don't get a lot of street-level noise. But that first two days after the snowstorm was just constant sirens. Like, just left and right. Okay, go ahead. Finish the story. So, he was living under this assumed name, Thomas Randall. Randall? Uh Uh-huh. So, in the obituary... Mm Is that the name? Yeah, obituary. Of Thomas... Some people say obits. Of Thomas Randall. Mm Mm-hmm. His parents were named Edward and Ruth Abeth. Ruth Abeth. Ruth Abeth. Wow, that's a mouthful. Listen, try to spell that. What's Ruth your name? What's your name? I think there's some kind of vegetable or something <laughs> called rutabaga, rutabago, a rutabaga. Maybe that's what they like. They like. No, I'm serious. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Which are the same as Ted Conrad's parents' name. Ah, making it easier and easier. Uh-huh. Thomas attended New England College, just like Ted did. So he kept he okay, kept a no, bunch he of kept way too many things similar. Thomas like this is the Marquise metaphor for Ted. Yeah. <laughs> he kept way too many. <laughs> Thomas maiden name is Kruger is the same as Ted. Thomas did nothing. He, he did, did nothing. nothing. He just he changed nothing. over. Wow, okay. Uh-huh. Peter reviewed the college application signature. And it was, of course, extremely similar to Ted's signature. Mm-hmm. But this could be Ted's bl- brother. It could be anybody. 
Now, what helped the investigation was Thomas' family. So just before Thomas died of lung cancer on May... Oh, he really died. He did. He, he did. I thought he faked that too. No. On May 18, 2021, mm -hmm. he revealed his real name oh. to his wife and oh, daughter. Shit. You can imagine on your deathbed, somebody deathbed, you find out you didn't know them at all. Listen, I'll be like, you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can like, imagine. You're with somebody like 30 years and then he will look to tell you something. You think he's going to say, I love you. and be like, my real name is Fred, you know. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> I would just punch him in the face. Listen, I'll be like, no. You know how many questions I have, you motherfucker piece of shit. And you're gonna die now? And you're gonna leave me with this shit? Leave me with money. Why don't you go and say, oh, all the gold is under the bed? I'll be like, you remember why we didn't buy, we didn't, I didn't wanna sell that mattress that we have for the past 30 years? It's because it's not cushion, it's money. You know, like I just you. so listen when you, you when you said when you said that he was dead, I said this bitch probably faked his <laughs> death because no, this is my logic. He waited for John to die because logically he's thinking he know how to out he know how to live forever. He just had to outlive John, so he waited for John to die. But as he as didn't know. No, no, I'm telling you. Oh, what okay, I thought. Okay, okay, okay. So I thought he was like, I don't need to, I don't need to do this forever. You know, I just need to outlive him. He older than me. Listen. So the minute he died, he's like, let me put out an obituary about myself. <laughs> no, and then I free. I can go after doing whatever I want because John gone, not knowing that Peter was gonna take up because you know that's what I thought you were gonna say. Mm, okay, okay, okay. That's more mm -hmm. than a little bit. I like. But you know this motherfucker, I'll be so pissed. If I was the wife, I'll be so pissed. Like if you wanna leave me something, Ryan Henderson, better be money, better be a love letter. But don't go Fuck with some fucking shit. What? You can put it you can put it under the money. Put the love letter under the money. Properties under the house, sure. But put love letter under the house, under the money. Haven't you seen those memes where it says where they say, Oh, I'm just waiting for somebody to come back and say Oh, I just wanted you to learn how hard life is. You're a millionaire. Let's go. Oh, really? I have not seen that. Yet. <laughs> but that would be very nice. I would love very for somebody nice. to just like, no, you piece of shit. You know? Oh, because you went through all of these things? Yeah. You know, just today, there's this girl. I have to I have to segue here for a second. Okay, okay, okay. There's this girl on YouTube. Her name is Zogi. Zogi the Gemini, Gemini, Gemini. Right? <laughs> That's the Gemini, name. Gemini. Um, three Gemini? I think so. I didn't look at the name. I think oh, it's just Zogi, 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 Zogi. But she always says Zogi the Gemini, Gemini, Gemini. Yeah. Zogi has this crazy story. Like, go to YouTube and listen to it about a man who scammed her on the internet. Right? Not the internet. He scammed her in real life. She was dating him. She was saving her money. He took the money out of her bank her. account. But Zogi was crazy. Zogi called her for yes. all of her uncles in Nigeria. Yes, yes. And the uncles went to his family house and was like, if your son don't pay back, well, we need mm -hmm. some money. Yes. We taking this, we taking this. They took, his, they took the parents' yes. car. And so yes. the guy, of course, he's like, oh, you embarrassed me, you embarrassed oh. me. The, the felon, the same one who, who steal from Zogi. Zogi was like, I don't give a fuck, you know? Well, I don't think she no, said no, those no. things, but she... No, I would say, I say for you, I don't give a fuck. You take what you Anyway, do. anybody, I just I just remember that story about Zogi. Go check out Zogi the Gemini. Actually, she has a lot of funny um, story times. But just today, I was telling the girl who braids my hair that I find Africans so entertaining because they tell the most dramatic stories. Today, she was just telling a story about how 
I think it was just like being a catfish or being catfished or something like that. She's like, I have suffered in this life. I have suffered. <laughs> like, like, this is, so, this is way more dramatic than yes. you need it to be. But yeah, you need to be like Nigerian dramatic in this case. Like, if I yeah. found out that Ted Thomas, whatever, I would kick him up. I'd be like, you know, I really hope. And apparently, he could barely talk because, you know, lung cancer. He could barely talk in the, in the last days. I'm like, the tube is coming out, you bitch. <laughs> Spill it out. Spill it anyway, out. Anyway, anyway, tell us the rest. Now, I wonder, was it the wife? Oh, that toll that was the informant? Mm, I will read this. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. No, there is an article that she said she that did. Thomas was a lovely man, a faithful husband, and all that shit, and, you know, but... All right, yeah. So who was Thomas Randell? During the 70s, Thomas Ted worked as an assistant golf pro, giving lessons at a country club country club outside Boston. But he was rich. And later become... No, no, no. He's just giving the lessons. He's the teacher. Yeah, but he was rich. He didn't need a job. He's the teacher. Yeah, but he didn't need the... At, in the 70s. Okay, all right. Sure. But didn't you just said that you're going to get the money and pretend to just work for the men yeah still. yeah yeah i just i just find it surprising that he didn't just go off to a beach somewhere you know um, uh, go ahead mm-hmm. thomas ted met his wife kathy not long after arriving in boston they got married in 1982 thomas ted and wife thomas ted <laughs> had a daughter her name is ashley randell can you imagine it's like is it my land is it my last name actually randell or comrade. I mean, whatever is on his certificate when he dead, that's the name that you had a character. But whatever. he died as Thomas. Yeah. So Ted's still alive. But not she father though. The man who is her father or the person whose name is on her birth certificate and on his death certificate is Thomas Randell. Yeah. After marriage, Thomas Ted began to work as a salesman at a high-end car dealers. He retired after 40 years working as a salesman. Now, there are um, articles that they, he, he has his friends, and there are articles that interview their friends. Mm-hmm. They said that he was never specific about his childhood, mm-hmm. and they all assume that he had like an awful childhood yeah. that he wouldn't remember. He didn't want to talk about. And mm-hmm. he was very generic mm-hmm. about his family members. Yeah, yeah. Now, I get it that you fool your friends, especially from men to men, that they don't share all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Your wife? Maybe he knows she have a big mouth. You know what I mean? So if he knows his demographic, he go keep the secret. Okay. Ted Thomas and his wife, Kit Cathy, mm-hmm. filed for bankruptcy protection back in 2014. Oh, shit. Court records show they then owed 160000 in credit cards debt. For a bank teller, he's bad with money. <laughs> Thomas said through his work at the golf course and car dealer made a lot of friends and acquaintances. And between his acquaintance, there was an FBI agent. And he couldn't figure out that Thomas Ted was lying. <laughs> yes, yes. But you're not like being an FBI. You're not being a quality manager when you're hanging out with me. We're friends. <laughs> <laughs> It's not clear what happened to the money. Mm-hmm. The marshal service is looking into whether he lost it early on through bad investments. Or the wife have it. I don't know. And secretly just hold on to it. They file for bankruptcy. And then when he's dead now, they can't come for her for the money because they think she am not. But now the word is out. 
do you think the wife knew and then he goes like oh I'm dead I was like cross all right the light okay <laughs> okay this is the tanti advice of the day talk to your partners know about their past as much as you can not to use it against them or to fix it because that's not your job but to get to know them and to understand who they are are. You can say that all you want, Tante Susanna, but at the end of the day, you only know somebody as much as they want you to know them. Exactly, but I mean, the, the, no, ask. it's true. Ask. Okay, ask. so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna zip right across the Mikey's, but I'm kind of glad that Thomas Ted got away with it. I mean, I feel sorry for John that he obsessed over this until he died, but I'd like to think that Thomas Ted did some good things with the money that he stole. I want to believe that. Let me tell my story. Okay. So I'm search. Amanda McClure was raised by adoptive McClure. McClure was raised by adoptive parents. I tried to find more information about when and why she was adopted, but I couldn't. I have my speculations though because she was that she may have been adopted because of a shitty situation. Mm. And that's based upon the fact that her biological father, Larry, served time in prison as a sex offender. Hi. And she spent most of her life estranged from him. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, it seemed she didn't want for anything from her loving and supportive adoptive parents. And by all accounts, she grew up in a relatively stable environment. We know that your upbringing can positively or negatively affect your trajectory mm-hmm. in life, right? So like if you have a shitty upbringing, it can really affect you. If you have a positive upbringing, it can really affect you in a positive way. So I guess it might have been surprising that she got into drugs. I mean, at, like hard drugs. At the end of the day, you could grow up perfectly fine, both parents, all access to money. I was going to say. All access to money, mm-hmm. but still turn to drugs. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we have to agree that, you know, it does, the odds are in your it favor. Is, it is, an, it is yes. a... It's a factor. It is a factor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, she it, turned to hard drugs. Mm-hmm. So at the time of this event that we are going to talk about, Amanda already had a 32-page arrest record for drug-related offenses. And she was about 33 or 31 at the time. Uh, but her life wasn't all downhill. Amanda had a man, another John, John McGuire, that's your boyfriend. So now I am not sure how long John and Amanda dated for, Mm -hmm. but they had to be serious because they were living together in February 2019 and their romance was fortified by another shared love, meth. They love meth. Look at this. Yeah, the couple were, were heavily into meth and unfortunately due to their dependency on the drug, they found themselves unemployed, of course, mm-hmm. with a pretty expensive habit because they still need to get drugs. Now, it, now meth is not a luxury drug, but it still costs money. Like, you're not going to bust your pocket. Like, yeah, 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 but it have like the bougie drugs. You have to admit, it have some drugs that cost you more money and they bougie. Which one is the most bougie? I don't know because cocaine? I don't do drugs, but I want to believe it's cocaine because cocaine has an industrious spirit and the people who... Who do cocaine are like the the bankers and the people the, the traders the stock market traders and the people yeah. who like have the money to blow on like fresh powder you know so I want to say that's probably expensive okay anyway so they were heavily into drugs and you know they had their problems and now they have to support a habit but they have no job without any money to support their need for men the couple had to come up with a solution they were struggling with their unexpected and unwanted detox because they don't want to be off meth. They want to do their math. <laughs> <laughs> right? they're, not, they're, not, they're not trying to... It's not like they were trying to be off it. You know, they're not, they're not here for that. They want to be on it. Mm-hmm. So they're desperate because they, they have, have the money. But they don't have a job, so they don't have no money. So now they're desperate. 
So not to worry though, because Amanda had a plan. With no prospects for work on the horizon, Amanda unexpectedly suggested that they go to West Virginia by her biological father, Larry. Remember Larry? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. To Uh see whether or not they could have any luck out there. So, like the supporting boyfriend he was, possibly because he was in pursuit of a solution to support his drug habit. Of course. He was like, yeah, let me go. probably working together. Yeah, he's like, yeah, let me go, right? Mm -hmm. So, after all, Amanda had an estranged sister as well named Anna, who she did not grow up with, and now she could possibly reconnect with that sister if they all go out there. Okay. So, it wasn't a horrible idea. So also, um, Anna was also estranged from Larry. So you know how Amanda was estranged from Larry when mm-hmm. he was young? I believe Anna was also adopted and estranged from Larry. Okay. Now who the mother is in this situation, I can't say, like the biological mother. Okay. But they, we know who the father is, which is Larry. Now, why are they back with the, the father? Uh, we, we're getting there, we're getting there. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the point is, I, you know, I don't know, I can't speak on it because I'm not adopted. But I imagine if you were, you may long for a sense of family if maybe you never felt connected to your adoptive family. So I guess maybe if the opportunity presented itself to get close to the people who biologically contributed to your existence, you would do that. You yeah. know, this is, this is what I'm thinking. That's fair. But Anna, the sister, the other one who was estranged from Larry as well and who uh-huh. didn't know her, she grew up in North Carolina. Okay. I, we don't know where these are on the map. We're saying, no. okay, that could be on the other side of the country, who knows. No. I, but it does sound middle. Like, it sounds middle, doesn't it? Like, because we know what's on the two ends. Like, New York, Florida. California, Florida, Washington's up in the corner, and there's a Maine up in the other corner. <laughs> and we know Detroit is on the top because that's close to Niagara, right? Detroit, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it, that's it. And Texas is down low. Texas is at the bottom. So, you know, North Carolina, Virginia, that all sounds kind of middle-ish. So we figured in the middle. Anyway, we have no idea why Amanda at this time chose for them to go to the estranged father for help. See, I'm answering your question mm-hmm. here. I was also confused. But it is theorized that she was worried about letting her adoptive parents know how bad her drug addiction got and that maybe they were going to be like, let's help you get help. She didn't want no fucking help. She, she wants her meth. She mm-hmm. wanted to do the meth. Let the girl get the meth. So whatever her rationale was, um, they were headed to West Virginia in pursuit of a better life or at the very least, drugs, mm-hmm. right? So maybe they want to get a better life, but why get the drugs? So with this in mind, John and Amanda headed out on their road trip, but that get cut short because they had car trouble, car stall on the side of the road. Huh? Somewhere in Indiana, their vehicle broke down. Okay. So Amanda did what she thought was the best idea, I guess, and she calls Larry, Larry the father, for help. To pick him up. Yeah, so pick up. Larry immediately, once again, Indiana, we don't know where it is in relation to Virginia, mm-hmm. where they're trying not, to go, but or middle. Or how close it is from where Larry is. Yeah, yeah, but middle, right? Yeah. Anyway, so Larry immediately uses this as an opportunity to reach out to the next daughter, Anna. So he called her up and he was like, hey, there's a situation with Amanda and John. Let's go get them. So seemingly up to help them. Anna agreed to go with Larry to get Amanda, mm-hmm. and the three of them were reunited with John in tow. So for a brief, very brief period, the half-siblings would be together with their biological father, and I guess everything was right with the world. Mm-hmm. Now, you would think a father would want the daughter to get off of drugs, restore a stable lifestyle, but not Larry. Larry, and apparently Anna too, 
We're also into myth. That fuck is so genetic. No. <laughs> so we have four of it's them. It's a family. It's a family it's a affair. Family <laughs> They're Look all at this family. Myth bringing family together. So after picking up the stranded couple, because mm-hmm. remember they went for them, Larry, Anna, Amanda, and John went to Larry's trailer. He had a trailer in West Virginia. So they could do what? Meth. No, not just do it. Cook their own meth. <laughs> so now we're trying to make it, right? <laughs> Who need a middleman? Not we. <laughs> they pull. Maybe. Uh, what's the name of the the the, uh, the scientific guy? Breaking Bad. Breaking. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I never watched Breaking Bad, but I know you're talking to the chemistry teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah I heard yeah, about yeah. him. Randall. Is that Randall? Something? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like you, I Thomas Randall's in my head. I feel like that's. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Thomas who need that. a middleman? Not them. Nobody. Not we, that's what they say, not we. Maybe that's why they were broke, because they kept giving all their money to the dealers. Mm-hmm. They needed to make their own meth. And then, they'd never run out. Problem solved. Well, it turns out they had no idea how to actually cook meth. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know. Right? But they're one, they can't do the, spirit. Yeah, yes. they can't do spirit. Yeah. But not only is it incredibly dangerous to cook meth, it's also a delicate procedure. It's and not like I'm gonna plant the <laughs> and then let it smoke it. No, but they don't know the exact process or the ingredients. <laughs> but whatever they use to cook the meth, it never crystallized. <laughs> okay. Right? Because so it was crystal meth. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's crystal methamphetamines. <laughs> so they never crystallize. So what did they do? They drink it. No, they bought meth. Right? Oh, okay. So they decide, hey, we need we it. We can do this. We give up. <laughs> we go. But they didn't throw it away. They actually like stashed their failed meth somewhere. Okay. And they were like, we'll come back to this later. Right? <laughs> Let's okay. go do our meth. Uh-huh. And all four of them spent the next few days high on meth. <laughs> John certainly felt his high because he got carried away. Decided to declare to Larry and anybody who would listen that he loved Amanda and he planned on marrying her. Mm. Okay. Now you would think everybody would be happy, but Larry was how dare he? Was John not good enough for Amanda? Well. I mean, they're all doing drugs. You really can't judge him because mm-hmm. you are also doing meth. But, you know. By all accounts, Larry simmered with rage after this declaration. And he would How pull Amanda aside to talk to her all the time. Like, let's talk, let's talk, let's talk. Maybe Larry saw something in John that he didn't like. On Valentine's Day, and when I read it happened on Valentine's Day, I got pissed that I didn't save this for Valentine's Day. Uh-huh. On Valentine's Day, mm. everything would boil over. The meth? I'm not, not the meth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if John was planning to propose after his declaration on the most romantic day of the year, Valentine's Day. Right before Day. you get high, let me ask you. Would but you for whatever reason, John bought wine and then suggested that the family have a nice dinner together. <laughs> now, I, I read he suggested, but it's possible he didn't suggest it. They just had a nice dinner. Mm-hmm. They had steaks for dinner and meth for dessert, right? <laughs> so they ate the steaks, and then they got high. <laughs> After dinner, <laughs> this is what happened. After dinner, Larry, and this is where you're going to lose it, Susanna. Larry suggested that John play a trust game. Maybe he was trying to get them ready for married life. John, a trust trust game. Yes, you know, like when you fall or you let the person do something to you because you trust them. No, I don't trust nobody. I don't trust nobody. I trust the doctor (laughs) with the drugs. John, who was none the wiser, decided to go along with the game. Ah, yes, that's his father-in-law. Soon to be, at Mm -hmm. least he thought so. Mm -hmm. He found himself tied to a chip. Once he was tied, things got weird. Well, it was weird. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird now. It's weird already. 
ready. Uh-huh. They're all in there in the trailer, packed up, eating steaks and having meth. <laughs> people declaring love, people pissed off, but now he's tied to the chair and okay. shit's getting weird. Okay. So Anna would recount that Larry suddenly got a creepy smile on his face. Okay, but she hired a hot kite. But she remembered the creepy smile. Okay. And when John reached down to untie himself, because apparently he also sensed the change in Larry, Mm -hmm. Amanda broke a bottle over John's head. (gasps) Yeah, she jumping. Ready? Okay. Larry then started to accuse John of being a federal agent. Oh, wow. Because, you know, they're, they're high, right? So John is like, I am not a federal agent. I'm he doing that. We're all doing that, right? Yeah. But they're accusing him of being a um, knock, like a narcotics officer or DEA, I think, is the next the next police that investigate drugs. So they they tell him, no, but they're not feds. But, you know, he's saying he's a fed, yeah. right? And John's like, I'm not a fed, I'm not a fed. But they didn't believe him. And then Larry, Amanda, and Anna started beating John. Oh, when this wasn't enough, Larry suggested that they inject John with the failed batch of meth. So that's exactly what they did. Anna filled not one, but two syringes of their bad meth and injected them straight into John's uh, carotid artery, thinking it was going to kill him. But it didn't. Nah, apparently it made John souped up. Right? He's like, super John. Right? According to Anna. <laughs> okay. Right? No, I thought at this point they saw he was going to bust out. It's like he was going to fuck up everybody. Yeah, he was yeah. going to break out. Yeah, yeah, everybody getting killed. And yeah. the story was going to end with three of them dead, John and Jane. Right? This is what I thought. Like but this. no, this is not what happened. What happened? I didn't kill him, but he also could not get away. And then over three days, they continued to torture John. Until, the three of them? Yeah. Until they got fed up. Larry stood on his chest. Uh, Amanda put a bag over his head and Anna strangled him with a rope Mm. until he stopped breathing. Then they buried him in a shallow grave near the trailer. With John gone, there was obviously only one thing left for Larry to do. To kill the daughters. Kill? Have sex with Amanda. I know. Mm -hmm. No. So now he's in a romance. Larry's in a romance with Amanda. This is a story. No, no. I knew Susanna's gonna lose it. I told her before the episode started, I was like, you're not gonna lose it. It's like, I can't wait to do my case because I'm gonna fuck with you. Yeah, what else is there to do but have sex with your daughter who Manny just killed? Yes, the father and daughter started a romance of their own in the aftermath of committing murder. Like consensual romance. So in the aftermath of committing murder, which apparently is turning them on, they have this romance. If this wasn't enough, they maintained their high and got so paranoid that they convinced themselves that John wasn't really dead. So they dig him up and then they drive stakes into his body like he was a vampire. Poor John. So apparently these macabre acts were a turn on for the incestuous couple because less than a month after the murder and then the Buffy style repeat, you know, they went in there to, to kill them again. Larry and Amanda drove to Virginia and got married. Now, I had questions here. I was like, you could just go and get married to your daughter in Virginia. What kind of place is this? Turns out it is illegal. They They got married in Virginia. But it's illegal to marry your own daughter in Virginia. So, Larry put a different name on the documents. Okay. So, he and the daughter could get married. And they didn't say, hey, let me confirm. What is this? What the fuck? So, while John's family was reporting him missing in June... Because they didn't know his whereabouts. They didn't know he was with Amanda. They didn't know that they went off to West Virginia. Uh So they reported him missing because they just didn't hear from him. While they reported him missing, Amanda and her father, husband, 
You know, like how you had um, Thomas Ted. Yeah, <laughs> not a father husband. Were caught using um, and collecting John's social security checks. So they were happily living off John, who we confirmed is dead because they dig him up and stake him. Okay. Uh, yeah. And they were carry on with their love. They stink, stink love. For some reason, they decided to move to Kentucky. And this is where things will fall apart. In September 2019, Larry was probably arrested. Now, not because he married his daughter and killed a man. He was arrested because he failed to register as a sex offender in the state. But he didn't know that. So when they arrested him, stupid Larry confessed to the police about killing John. <laughs> and then <laughs> he made it sound like he was just a participant. And that oh. Amanda was the mastermind of the <sighs> whole thing. What a piece of shit. Just mm-hmm. tell me he said. Um, no. It come out in court that Larry told Amanda, quote, he didn't want anyone near her. And according to Anna and Amanda's, um, you know, So he did have a thing with only daughter, Amanda? Only Amanda, oh. yeah. Um, that he was incredibly jealous of John. But Anna said that he was always, like, super focused on Amanda. Like, mm. for whatever reason, he was always super focused on Amanda. Mm-hmm. Um, after unearthing poor John's body, Amanda, Larry, and Anna were all tried for murder, with Larry getting sentenced to life without parole. Yeah. Amanda got sentenced to 40 years, and I think they factored in the, the part that Larry manipulated her, because yeah. he was her father. And I know a lot of people are going to be in the comments saying, she went ahead with the murder, but if you're desperate to have a connection with somebody, it might make Not you do something. Not only that, it's just that these things fuck up with your head, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're doing, head. they're doing hard drugs, and she's if they feel some sort of yeah, they definitely. So I understand. They definitely I understand. drug paranoid. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean the fact and that they then, dig up his body, and then this guy being older and a father, and you know what I mean. Stink and nasty. Anyway, Anna was also sentenced to forty years. And that is where we left it. It's actually all wrapped up in 2021. I believe Anna was the last person to be sentenced. That, what the hell is this? Like, this, this is how you a... want to start the season. <laughs> this a father that's a sex of fucking offender. <laughs> yes. That reconnected with his two daughters. Yes. Did drugs. Yes. Convinced the one daughter that he wants to rape. Because, sorry, whatever marriage it was, it was not legal. So he's raping her sure was legally married to her i mean illegally married well and then she killed her well he killed the boyfriend first aha mm-hmm. just what the hell should yeah. and they accused him of being a, a fbi agent and an informant and poor john but i mean it's how i feel like if he created like a community of family with the daughters by getting them all high together and I think it was easy for him to manipulate them that is so in that sad. situation. That is so sad because what are the chances that this guy that didn't grow up with these two kids, mm-hmm. like the, the three of them were separate, separated for years. Or that they would all do meth. They all of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, like, I actually don't know if Anna ever did meth from before because, you know, we only have news of Amanda's rap sheet. Mm-hmm. But I would say um, it's possible Anna did meth like it wasn't her first time doing meth with them. You know, at the end of the day, like, we had some wild stories. We had Thomas Ted and we have a father-husband. 
And these hybridized men, these cases where men carry these duplicitous lives, is always ending tragedy for everybody. Yeah. Because like we said, if we were married to Thomas Ted, he died twice. We would make sure resuscitate him. We don't care if you have a DNR. We're waking you fucking mm-hmm. up. We're waking you up. And you, you're answering my question tonight. I'll tell you when Thomas, you Thomas Ted, you go. Yeah, we can tell you when you're going to die. Then, and then hell. next thing, piece of shit. He, at least he's in jail for life. He got life in prison. But he got to rape whomever was before having these two kids. Yeah, like I said, I don't know how they ended up in in, in foster care, was, adoptive care. But he was he was a sex offender prior yeah. too, you know? Mm-hmm. And then now, what are the chances that he didn't try to do that to Anna? I think what we should pay attention to is the fact that for two seasons now, I've kicked off the season with a stink dad episode. Yes. <laughs> last season, if you're new to our podcast, last the season it kicked off with the yeah the crappy dad. The crappy. Dad. Yeah, and this is another crappy dad, but just in a completely different. No, way. this is another way. Like that guy, rather like the crappy. I dad. felt like I read this story and I didn't see what was coming. Like every time I read another page, I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, because I, it had layers to the story. It was like a really like as a really stink onion. It was like, yes. oh, here we are, you know, then we have this, and then, okay, we're doing drugs, all right, then, okay, we have the daughters come back, okay, we're going to kill the man, all right, we dig him up, okay, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, they're having sex, <laughs> like, it was just, it was a roller coaster. It's disgusting, it's it disgusting. disgusting. I do want to give a shout out to this particular um, Delaney R. Bartlett who has an article called The Murder of John Maguire. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's like, the site is delaneybartlett.themedium.com. Okay. Like, check them out because that is where I got the bulk of my information. Like, all the other websites focused on what happened after they got arrested. You understand? Like, they didn't talk about the whole sequence of events yeah. and, and what led to them killing John and all of this. Mm-hmm. They just kind of got to, oh, they were really focused on dad who married daughter kill her, to kill husband sentenced to life in prison. I'm getting these short articles. This is the only place I got the full the full, the full story. Yes. Mm-hmm. So go give the article a read. But all right, oh, normally we give you all a little a little extra, but I'm heading off on an airplane and I'll be in Trinidad soon while you're freezing your ass over here. Yeah, fuck you too. <laughs> <laughs> the next time it will be fuck you, fuck Tommy and fuck Chanel. Dicks and this. Yeah. I hope you like wearing your coat. I am so happy your... the beaches are closing at midnight. I hope you like... And, and the afternoon, at yeah. noon. I hope you like wearing your coat and I hope you I enjoy wear wearing your, your, your warm shoes. You know what's going to happen? Bundling up. The week when, you, when you're back, I'm going to be used to the cold and you are going to come from the warmth. Whatever. From the Whatever. Sun warmth. And Whatever. then... Yeah, but I come with my mother, which means I'll have food. Ah! We all have. <laughs> all right, let's go. Take it away. We know nothing, so please go to the sources linked on our Instagram at Criminally Clueless or on our website at criminallyclueless.com to get the real tea. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and feel free to leave us a like or a review so we can dominate those regions. Hey, remember, we might be clueless, but that's not a crime. Oh shit, I just remembered something. I wanted to give Patrice Roberts a shout out, but I will do it on here right now. And I'm going to do it on... Patrice Roberts is a Trinidad local singer who came up with a song called Drink Your Water and Mind Your Business. 
And because she came up with a song that other celebrities are enjoying, our episode Drinking Water and My Young Husband Business has now just blown up on our thing. Like people I think keep searching the song and then seeing Drinking Water and My Young Husband Business. That sounds better than mine in my business. Too. <laughs> so they're gonna let me, let me go look. So you know, we have to give a shout out to her and we'll be sure to do that on Instagram as well. Anyway, we will catch you all next week. Yes. See ya. We are back. We're back and we feel really happy to be back. Yes. Hopefully we get our audio sorted, you know, one day. Yeah. Okay, bye. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Thank you, promise. <laughs>